Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On today's episode, Gabrielle interviews Tim Kelly, the founder of Polytope Press. He created the world's most powerful health book, Natural Healing Self-Empowerment, a new paradigm of health that can eliminate 99% of disease, rid people of allergies, and can even beat the common cold. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have author and founder of Polytope Press, Tim Kelly. Welcome to the show today. Thank you. So your book, Self-Healing, Self or Natural Healing, Self-Empowerment, is a book that you wrote um, for um healing and getting better, overcoming the common cold, allergies, um, 99% of diseases. Um, and you've been doing health research for over 20 years. So can you explain a little bit about um, your book and what it is? Yeah. So my investigations into health began after I came across a book I had been looking for for a long time. It was right after I had developed the three-dimensional periodic table of the elements. I sort of had a clash with the scientific community and I was interested in why so much information was getting suppressed. So I came across this book, it's called Suppressed Inventions and Other Discoveries. The author is Jonathan Eisen, E-I-S-E-N. Now he wasn't exactly an author as much as he was a compiler because what he did is compile articles that had been originally published in Nexus Magazine that was published out of Australia. Now a section of that book was devoted to health and in the health section, were some of the most powerful healing methods I had ever heard of. And I thought to myself, well, okay, if this is true, then this is very, very major. He's talking about cures for cancer, cures for very major diseases, Alzheimer's, uh, a number of, of mental problems. And, there, and I said to myself, okay, so I'm just going to investigate this and find out if these stories are true. So I investigated each story, every single story checked out exactly the way that the authors described. Everything was legit. And then once I realized that, I said, okay, so maybe there's more information out there that's suppressed. Let me see if I can find that. Now I know where to look. So I did do that. I started stockpiling all of this information. And once I had all of it together, I thought to myself, this is something that the public definitely needs to know. They should at least be exposed to what the information is, where they can look it up, how they can start working with it. And a lot of it is very cost-effective. There's a problem I think that a lot of people deal with, and that is what I call big science. Now, what does big science mean? Let's say that you have a health problem. You go to a health professional and ask for help. Well, you can oftentimes be confronted with big science, which means a huge bill. I mean, first you have the, the bill just from going to the doctor's office, but then they might want to run an MRI or they might want to run a blood test or they might do something that involves a huge cost outlay. And as I got better and better at this health research, I began to realize this is insane. People just have no idea how to assess their own health. There are fundamental, basic, simple things that everybody can do and can learn to assess their health. And if they do those things, they will have a much greater handle on what's wrong. And then they can start using some of the key ideas of nutrition and detox to fix it. So with nutrition and detox, we have to talk about that for a second. If you can look this up in relation to doctors going to school, some of the doctors can be in school for 14 years. Now, to a lot of people, that will sound very impressive. They'll think to themselves, hey, this is fantastic. 
you know, a doctor has gone to school for 14 years. They must be as knowledgeable as God's. Interestingly, most doctors will not even have one single week of training in nutrition in those 14 years. They barely know a thing. And one of the greatest researchers of all time was Weston Price. He was formerly head of the American Dental Association. So in 1939, he did something unprecedented. Instead of looking at science as done in the lab, he decided on a completely different approach. He said, I'm going to leave the lab. I am going to go around planet Earth. I'm going to look for anybody who's healthy. And I'm going to see if I can figure out what the pattern is as to who's healthy and who's not. And that's exactly what he did. And he chronicled exactly what he did in the book, Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, published in 1939. And what did he discover? The main idea could not have possibly been simpler. Wherever people were living in harmony with nature, wherever they were eating natural foods in their area, they were completely free of disease. Whenever they started to eat imported, processed foods, and to get more specific with this, we're talking about refined sugar, refined salt, refined rice, anything along these lines, refined grains. They were sick and they had the whole array of diseases and their teeth were also rotting. And the extent of this was really remarkable when you think about it today, especially because you hear about so many people in Western civilization bragging about how superior they are to their ancestors and the evidence does not support this at all. What Weston Price showed, because he examined thousands of ancient skulls, was that tooth decay was almost non-existent in ancient times. And now it's skyrocketing because of all of these processed foods. So he showed that nutrition was really at the core of all of this. And then I found through the course of doing research, for example, with Dr. Bernard Jensen, he's one of the people who teaches about how to keep the intestines clean. If you detoxify the system, if you keep your intestines clean, your liver clean, your kidneys clean, your lymphatic system clean, and your lungs clean, you have a much greater chance of being healthy. But again, these ideas are not taught typically. And in relation to the diagnostics, going back to the big science for a moment, there are basic things that people can use to assess their health and very few people understand them. So one example is the tongue, okay? A lot of people may have never even really looked at their tongue and, and just said, well, geez, what can this really teach me? Well, in Chinese medicine, the tongue actually does teach you things. Now, I have looked in, and if other people look on the internet, you may see variations of tongue diagrams, but the one that I reference in my book I've verified and I can tell people right now exactly how to verify. So let's talk about a, a common thing that a lot of people have experienced in their lifetime. There's a, a product on the market, it's been on the market for decades called Pepto-Bismol. Now the, it's a pink liquid that people take and, and helps their stomach when they're sick. So the basic ingredient in that is something called bismuth subsalicylate. Now, if you take a lot of that, the back middle of your tongue will turn dark. So many people have experienced this that you can even find, if you look for it, a number of patrons who have written back to the company and complained. And they said, oh, I don't really think this product is good. It's making my tongue turn black. No, it's actually detoxifying your stomach. That's your body giving you a message that the product is actually working. Now, some people may say, well, is there any other corroborating evidence for that? Yes, there is. Black pepper. Black pepper is classic in nutrition, it goes all the way back to ancient times. Now, if you take a lot of black pepper, guess what? The back middle of your tongue will turn dark. Now, 
people could say, okay, well, maybe that's because it's black pepper. Nope, nope, still not done. There's an amino acid that's called glutamine. It's very important for people who exercise, actually. And if you take glutamine, which is often a white powder, and you take that, let's say, with fruit juice, because you usually take it separately so it doesn't get misabsorbed with other amino acids, the back middle of your tongue turns white. So once again, you're getting confirmation that the tongue is giving you messages about your status. So that's a, a diagram that I reference in my book. People can look that up. And then your fingernails, your fingernails are telling you what's going on inside your body via the meridians. But one of the most important diagnostics of all, and this is one of the key ideas for my health paradigm, is pH. Very few people understand how drastically important pH is. There's an author Gary Tunsky is one of the people who's listed as a reference at my website, who wrote a book thinking that pH was so important, it was the most fundamental of all. His book is titled, The Battle for Health is Over pH. People wanna know how to assess that. There's a lot of different ways to do it. The way I recommend is waking saliva. So as soon as you wake up, before you've consumed anything, you can spit into a small container. I usually use one of those small plastic cups. You can get pH paper, uh, pH hydrian brand is one that I use, usually has a range from about five to eight, something along those lines. You dip the paper in there and you assess where your pH is. Now, why is that important? Now, Dr. Jarvis was a practicing physician. He wrote a bestseller in the 1950s. It's called Folk Medicine. Strongly recommend it. Fantastic book. But he was constantly assessing the health of everyone he was helping in relation to their pH. Now, if you believe in the germ theory of disease, which I do not, but if you do, what you will find out when you dig into these various germs is that some like an acidic environment, some like an alkaline environment. And guess what? If you balance your pH, you're not gonna have trouble with any of these things that are mistakenly called pathogens. That word just traps your brain. You hear the word pathogen, you think, oh, well, it says pathogen, it must bring disease because literally that's what it means. If we had, chosen our vocabulary correctly, we'd call it a pathophile. So, and this is another very, very important point because our whole trajectory of medicine is based on events that happened in the late 1800s when Pasteur himself introduced us to the germ theory of disease. Now, at the same time, very few people know, a guy in France was a rival to him and he should have become the more famous person to history, but he's lost to history for a lot of people. His name is Antoine Béchamp. Okay, and he offered an alternative theory of disease, which is called the terrain theory of disease. So the idea is, as Tunsky shows, try to think of it this way. Do you believe in a rat theory of garbage? Now, what, what would a rat theory of garbage be? Well, you always see rats with garbage, right? So does that not mean that all garbage is caused by rats? Well, no, that's just silly. No, once there's garbage, the rats show up. In the human body, once the terrain is altered, usually by altering the pH, then these opportunistic germs show up to exploit the terrain that you've created. So now how does the pH get thrown initially to the point where these advantageous microbes and bacteria show up? Usually from, from what you eat. So when you're eating a lot of natural foods, you usually mineralize yourself relatively well. The four primary minerals that create an optimal balanced pH environment are potassium, sodium, calcium, and magnesium. So in the old days, we got 
plenty of minerals and that kept most of us healthy. Now, here's something else that's very interesting too, water. A lot of times people just don't think about water that much. They just think, okay, well, just water's water. And if you look at a pH scale, a lot of times you'll see that they'll have a chart at, of pH and they'll have acids on one side and they'll have alkalines on the other and they'll put water in the middle, but that's a lie too. Water is not at the center of the scale as that chart indicates. Pure water could only be tested as distilled water because only distilled water is pure water. Anyone can verify this. This is what I call kitchen science, where you can verify everything that I'm saying in your kitchen. You don't need an expensive lab to verify this. Get distilled water, test its pH. It will not be seven. It will not even be six. Water is acidic. So why do they put water in the center of the scale in so many charts? It's because water in nature is filled with healthy minerals, primarily ones like calcium and magnesium bicarbonate. Now those absorb extremely well into the system. So when people ask questions like, well, why would the ancients have teeth that are so much healthier than our teeth? It's because they were drinking natural water and we are not. So in their water, they would have about 1500 milligrams dissolved solids per liter. A lot of those were healthy minerals. Your municipal water, the stuff that comes into most people's homes, 15 milligrams. So it's a hundred times less. We could wipe out so much disease if we kept our water close to the way that nature did. And if we keep our food close to the way that nature did, we would also balance our pH and discourage every form of disease. So the two parts of maintaining optimal health are one, pH, and two, the new paradigm that I've created in my book, is flow. Now, what do I mean by flow? It just means that everything in your body to be healthy has to be free of obstructions. Now, there are six main pathways of detoxification in the body, the intestines, the liver, the kidneys, the lungs, and the lymphatic system. Everyone can be clogged. When you're sick, it's usually because something is clogged and there are ways to make everything flow. So if you can get everything to flow and you can have a balanced pH, then you can be ideally healthy. So we buy like alkaline water in stores or, you know, they sell alkaline water in stores. What, what is your thought on that? That most of them are frauds. Okay. So what, what you need to do to verify what's true and what's not is to get pH paper and get whatever water you want. I mean, I did this myself. I went into a store and I've seen other people do this. There's actually a YouTube video of someone who did the same thing that I'm talking about. They went out and they bought a whole bunch of different alkaline waters and then they dunked them in pH paper and they found that almost none of them were telling the truth. Now, part of the way I think they sneak around this is by using devices that ionize the water in certain ways. Well, that's a nice little technological trick, but it's not getting you close to nature. What nature does is something that's unique. It creates compounds like the ones I just mentioned, calcium and magnesium bicarbonate. They only appear in nature because nature forms those in streams and rivers. So bottled waters that come as close as possible to not tampering with nature are the best ones. At, at this point, out of all the brands I've tested, and it's not perfect, but if someone were to ask me, what's the best one that you've tested? Mountain Valley Spring Water is the best one I've tested so far. Okay. 
Um, so you have information about uh, growing your own food and the right way to grow your own food and how to eat uh, the best way for your health. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, this is another one of the ideas that's one of the most important ideas of all time. So um, I have videos uh, that I put together to go into more detail on this information. They're available at brighteon.com and at odyssey.com. Um, the titles are Paradise of Nature's Part 1 and 2 that will go into even more detail than what we're going into here. But this is just absolutely crucial information. So in the late 1890s, there were a lot of crop failures in the United States because people did not know how to grow food. Mm -hmm. But there was an innovator and there was another clash of great innovators. Before I mentioned a clash between Pasteur and Béjean, there was another clash of innovators that was equally as important. And this was between Julius Hensel and Justice von Liebig. And everyone went with Justice von Liebig. And once again, they went with the wrong guy. So what did Liebig teach? Liebig taught NPK, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. But these are the only things that a plant needs. So since then, people have been using NPK, which obviously did not make the plants healthy. Now, why would I say obviously it did not make the plants healthy? Well, the entire food supply is swamped with herbicides and pesticides. Now, if the plants were healthy, would you really need herbicides and pesticides? No, you would not. But they put those all over the place. And if that was not bad enough, if that didn't make you sick, and by the way, cancer was pretty much a non-existent disease at the turn of the century from the 1800s to the 1900s, non-existent. At this point, every time I've given a lecture and I ask the audience, who here does not have someone that they know, someone close who has died from cancer, no one raises their hand. That's how popular cancer has become since this time. Okay, so if all of that was not bad enough, we decided to put feces all over our food supply. And people just say, oh yeah, that must be a wonderful thing because it's, it's providing nutrients to the soil. No, no, this is a terrible idea. So what is the right way to do this? The right way to do this was, again, featured in Suppressed Inventions and Other Discoveries. The article, the chapter is called Bread from Stones, tells the story of Julius Hensel. So what did he do? He mineralized the plants with rocks. Now, how do you do that? You take rocks and you smash them to powder. Any rock will do. So anyone can do this experiment. Anyone can prove me wrong. I see a, a, a plant behind you. I don't know if that's real or artificial, but if you it's wanted real. to... You could test this idea with this plant and then you could do a before and after shot because it, it probably would shock you how intense this really is. When people ask which rock is best, granite is the best rock. People ask, why is granite the best? It's because of its trace mineral profile. It has a broad profile, trace minerals. And now when you put this into a soil, it is intense. So how to do this? You take a rock, put it on a larger rock, then take a sledgehammer and then you can have uh, a tarp or a garbage bag or something. The idea being that you don't wanna get hit with rock chips when you're smashing the rock. Smash the rock to powder, sprinkle this rock liberally in the soil and the plants will explode with growth so intense you won't believe it. And again, this is dirt cheap. I mean, obviously you just go, anyone can just go out and grab a rock. And this is exactly why it was suppressed because people saw, well, shoot, we could create these unnatural fertilizers and charge a fortune for them. But if it's just rock, people will just say to themselves, well, why would I pay a fortune for it when I can just go grab a rock? And 
when you do the experiment, you'll see exactly what happens. So the plants grow enormous. So the first time we did this experiment, a buddy of mine had a zucchini plant. And I said to him, look, just do one plant the old way or whatever way you want. Do the other one with the rock dust. Tell me what happens. He called me up. He said, you can't believe this thing. It's huge. So I came over and I saw it and it was, it was, it dwarfed the other plant. It had far more zucchini on it. They were huge. Uh, they tasted better. The plants were healthier. And what Hensel told everybody was the following. Number one, plants can make their own nitrogen. So you don't need to provide them any. Second, you will not require any herbicides or any pesticides if you do this. Okay, the plants will be perfectly healthy. And to demonstrate that as dramatically as possible, he had two plants growing side by side and one plant was healthy and the other was not. Now, to make it even more dramatic, he twined the stems of the plants around each other in a spiral. And believe it or not, pests only attacked the plant that wasn't mineralized with rock. They completely left the other plant alone. Now imagine what happens to a human being if they eat rock dust grown plants, vegetables, fruits, they are gonna be just as radiant as these plants are. So if you have a house plant, if you have any, a garden, anything like that, do this experiment. I encourage people to write me an email called my rock dust experiment because I would like to stockpile photos so and info. I actually do garden. Okay. <laughs> I have a, a I have five res brave bed gardens and kind of like a tropical forest in my backyard. Um, and I do use rock dust minerals for all of my gardening. Um, I have bananas, I have mangoes, I have uh, mulberries, avocados, citrus, um, peaches, and uh, right now in my garden I have growing lettuce, broccoli, radishes, celery, tomatoes, strawberries, grapes, uh, just a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and I do actually mix, mix rock dust minerals in with all of my soil. Artichokes, I have artichokes too, artichokes, peppers, uh, just anything you can think of, I grow in my garden. And actually what's funny is, is when I garden, I, you can actually see which plants are healthy and which are not, because the ones that are healthy will grow and the ones that are not will be eaten by bugs. And that is absolutely true. Uh, I've seen it myself uh, in my own gardening with my own plants um, to the ones that get more minerals, the ones that are in certain areas of my garden do better. Um, so that I actually do, I do support that. I do have a lot of house plants too. You can see this one behind me, this is real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, they do definitely need the right minerals to survive and to grow just like we do. So right. it's, it's not really any different. Uh, you know, a plant is, is, doesn't digest obviously, but you know, humans need minerals, nutrients in order to be the best health they can be. So uh, I've ab ab absolutely seen that firsthand in my own gardening. And that's just one aspect of it. There's uh, something called soil balancing um, that's uh, clay 
lime, sand, and humus are four elements to help mm -hmm. uh, plants grow. Yep. And um, there's complementary planning where you can uh, have friendly relationships of planting one thing next to something else that will mm -hmm. help it grow, and, and they both are stronger for it. Um, and again, it's just unfortunate that a lot of what's called big agriculture doesn't seem to care. And they're putting foods on the market that are nowhere near as nutritious as they could be. So if, if you have any ability to supplement your food, or if you know anyone who's growing their food well, you can you know, form relationships and get some of your food healthier and be a little bit more independent and be a little healthier. Yeah. So you mentioned something about people not knowing how to assess their own health. What are some ways that people can uh, do some simple diagnostics to assess their own health? So obviously the pH is going to be a huge one. So mm -hmm. you can go and get some pH paper. Again, the, the brand that I worked with is uh, the pH Hydrian, and, and I would uh, recommend testing waking saliva. So when you test your waking saliva, you have to know a few different things. So obviously one of the things you might want to think about is what's my goal? What's my target? So with blood, it's very specific. Blood is intense. You, you pretty much have to keep your pH at 7.4. If it goes too far away from 7.4, you could actually go into a coma. You don't actually have to worry about that too much because generally speaking, the body knows how important it is and it's going to keep the blood at that 7.4 pH. Saliva and other fluids, however, can vary in their ranges of acceptable pH. What I've found in my own experience is that you actually do want to keep the saliva as close to 7.4 as possible. Now, if you think about this, it makes perfect sense. So let's, again, talk kitchen science for a second. If you think about an egg, uh, it, the egg shell is made of calcium. Now, you know, if you take that egg shell and you put it into lemon juice, that the eggshell will dissolve and you'll actually form calcium citrate if you really want to do that. But it shows that calcium will dissolve in the presence of an acid. Guess what that means if your saliva is acidic? That your calcium will dissolve. <laughs> and what might You're happen not to absorbing it. Um, you, yeah, it causes cavities. <laughs> exactly. So right. you would always want your saliva to be washing in up into your teeth, slightly alkaline to help protect your teeth. So that's one of the things that you want to be aware of is hitting that target of 7.4. And then from there, you might want to say to yourself, okay, so what do I do? Well, what you do is just be observant. You know, you eat whatever you eat in the course of a day. You could eat something that you like, something that you don't like, whatever you happen to have available. Keep checking your pH to let you know if your food choices are positive or negative. And obviously, you know, from my point of view, I love nature a great deal. So I think that anything that you do that is far from nature, for example, drinking a soft drink that has phosphoric acid in it uh, and tons of refined sugar is probably not going to help your pH too much. Generally speaking, what nature shows us is that the fruits and vegetables, vegetables maybe a little bit more than fruits, are going to alkalize your system. The goal is not to overload yourself towards the alkaline. The goal is balance. Okay. You're never trying to overload too far to the alkaline. You can actually become sick that way too, uh, but you don't want to be too acidic. You don't want to be too alkaline. So that's one of the most important diagnostics. And then the flow aspect of it. So for me, uh, I think one of the more interesting things on this, again, a very cheap diagnostic is anemia. So 
I reference a fascinating book just because if you happen to have two people, this is an easy thing that you can do. So if a person has a bare back and their friend is behind them, you can run two fingers down other each side of the spine. And then you're temporarily pushing blood away from that spot and then the blood will return to that spot. But it returns differently depending on how good the flow of blood is in your body. Some people will see lingering white like the blood is very slow to return after you press on the flesh. Uh, other people will go too red too fast, like there's too much blood. This indicates that there's a blockage somewhere and blood's kind of pooling without evenly flowing. If the color returns to normal rapidly, that means that you have a good flow. And you can actually check along the entire length of the spine because each part of the spine is innervating and communicating with a different part of your body, whether it's the liver or the kidneys or whatever. So wherever you see something that's going a little off, you can say, hey, maybe that's the area I need to focus on. But in relation to diagnostics, um, there's tons of things I could say. I'll just focus on some very simple stuff. So the first, of course, is bowel movements. I know that that's not a glamorous topic for a lot of people. Um, they don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to think about it. But if you're eating three meals a day, you should have three bowel movements. I've had people who, you know, seem to think that they're glamorous if they don't have a bowel movement in four days. And I'm just thinking, no, you're toxic, actually. So you, you always want to keep your intestines clean. So that's, that's one of the first ones. And then the liver cleanses. Um, I do recommend a liver cleanse for everybody because it it's, can be eye-opening. It, it lets you know whether or not your bile ducts are clear or your gallbladder is clear. I know sometimes when I say that, people will be like, ah, I went, I had surgery. I don't have a gallbladder anymore. Well, even if you don't have a gallbladder anymore, you still have bile ducts, if, assuming you still have a liver, which most people need to live. So you can check whether or not that's clear and then what color your bile is, because that's a huge deal. When your bile is healthy, it's actually a beautiful shade of green. But when people do liver cleanses, you get to find out what the color of your bile is. And a lot of people will find to their chagrin that their bile is actually tan. And then it could be a little bit darker brown and then it could be darker brown still. And then if you're in really bad shape, it could be black. So that's something that's very important. And then the, the basics that people know, like blood pressure, for example, gives you a hint as to how your kidneys are doing. So you can use that. Um, in your lymphatic system, your lymph nodes are giving you signals. Some people know about that, some don't, but you have you know, lymph nodes in your neck, your armpit, and your groin. If you start feeling pain there, it might be an indication you might need to exercise, which I think you kind of enjoy, right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> and that's one of the primary reasons why exercise is a good thing. It's because it's moving your lymphatic system. It does not have a pump. The major nodes for your lymphatic system are in your groin and your armpits, the idea being that nature expected that when you get up each day, you'd be walking and moving around a little bit and you would help that system clean itself out. Yeah, so I think that um, that's a lot of information. Um, obviously, people can diagnose, help to diagnose, not diagnose themselves, but, but to see where they are at health-wise. Um, and I do advocate for growing your own food as well. I think it's a, a one, the taste is so much different. I mean, you Absolutely. can tell the difference between, you can tell a huge difference between picking an apple at the store and growing an apple, so you know, picking an apple from an orchard or tomatoes. Tomatoes and strawberries are probably strawberries. the two strawberries. most, yeah, the two most um, different fruits 
from store to growing on your own. I mean, the Agreed. taste of a strawberry that grows from your own garden is so sweet and so rich, rich. I mean, and it's when you buy one of the clamshells at the store and you take one of those, it's like tasteless right? Now, compared to compared to what you just what you pull from your own garden. I mean, right. and even if you get a, a strawberry that's the size of a quarter, it's so packed with flavor. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, we grow artichokes in our yard. We love artichokes and the artichokes that we grow in our backyard are meaty and flavorful and just completely different than anything you would buy in the store, even in even in the organic section, even if you buy foods in the organic section, it's just such a different taste. Um, so I think you can kind of you can see the difference just from the taste wise. If you have a healthy piece of fruit or vegetable, it should taste delicious and right. you should want it as opposed to people that say they don't like vegetables probably because they don't taste great. Exactly. <laughs> you just, you're, you're not familiar with what nature is. And that's the thing that I, I call myself a self-appointed defender of nature. I think so, so many times when people hear about eating healthy they're thinking oh that's going to be disgusting it tastes like cardboard right no mm -hmm. it doesn't not if you have the right food it right. tastes fantastic and then you're healthy because of it right yeah it makes such a huge difference so um your book natural healing and self natural healing self-empowerment can be found on your website polytope press correct it's because the website is so complicated i do recommend that just people go to the DuckDuckGo search engine and then just type polytope press and it's the first website linked Okay. Um, so then people can find it there. I'll link that in the bio. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with today? Yes. That if you go forward with all this information, if you make nature your ally, it is the ultimate ally. It's cost effective and you will get to the point where you will no longer suffer the common cold, no longer suffer allergies. You can wipe out 99% of diseases. You can actually reverse gray hair. You can regrow hair if you've been losing it. You can regenerate teeth. I have the references in my book for the people who have done it, including the melon bees who created, uh, who discovered vitamin D back in the 1920s. And you can improve your vision and do so much more. So please investigate and at least find out for yourself by doing your own experiments, what's good and what's not good. And check out the recommended reading list at the website if you wanna feel more comfortable with material I've done before you look at my book. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I think we've, I mean, we've got a ton of information about how to, how to stay healthy, get healthy, things that are best for our body. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you everybody for listening. Um, I will share these links so that you can find his book, uh, find Tim's book um, on his website and find out more information if you are interested in how to use nature to to better yourself, how to, how to be healthier all over. So thank you everybody. And we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the fit minute podcast fitness for real people with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. If you would like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes and on Gabrielle's website at www.destinationfitcations.com. Visit to keep an eye out for upcoming fitcations. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a review and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. 
Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.